0: sexy. (laughs) How are you? Well you already know it's (laughs) I'm literally in the middle of moving (laughs) and I want to let you know I have stopped everything I'm doing to do this.
1: I'm gonna set the scene right now for those who are listening right now. I'm looking at Jordan in a completely different camera angle. Typically uh, he's situated in his living room kitchen area. Today I'm facing a pile of clothes and fabric on the bed uh I can see out a window I've never really seen out before it it really is something
0: (laughs) everything just cut out
1: (laughs) oh no I was just shit talking you can hear me yeah okay great
0: you can can you okay now I can hear you again I'm (laughs) fine I'm back so yeah I'm in a closet yeah in my bedroom yeah in a makeshift... I'm sitting on a nightstand with two towels on top of it.
1: I'm so sorry.
0: You this know is what? The, this, is, this is
1: what moving does to humans.
0: It honestly... Nothing humbles you more than having to move. And yeah. I mean that in, like, remembering how much shit you have that you don't need. Mm-hmm. How strong you're not. I know. To lift boxes.
1: I... Yesterday, I went through, like, my... Um, uh, like in my bedroom to see what clothes I could give away because I was like, I've got oh. like, too much stuff here. And so like even the act of taking clothes and putting them into like a garbage bag was just so freeing, but also like such a heavy moment of like, wow, how many like t-shirts do I have? And how many t-shirts do I actually need?
0: Well, we just like, uh, obviously to be in the closet, I took every all of our clothes out and I zip tied everything and I'm looking at it and I was like, no, I need all of this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not getting rid of this. Like I need this yeah. shirt that I haven't worn in three years, but I will.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll find a. will find a venue. I'll find an occasion.
0: Where there's a will.
1: There's a way.
0: There's a half a way. Yeah. How are you?
1: How are you, Josh? I'm good. As you know, I've been in the middle of a terrible apartment air conditioning crisis for the weekend. Again, to set the scene, For those who are in Toronto or have heard of Toronto, the (laughs) weather in Toronto this weekend has been equivalent to like mid-July. Like it literally has felt like 35, 34 or whatever. And my apartment building on, I never really actually know, because I noticed the humidity getting pretty thick last week, but I was fine with it in my apartment. Like the air conditioning just wasn't on for the building, but I was for the most case, all right. But then by Thursday, I was like, you know what? I'm starting to sweat a little bit. And the building said, hey, everyone, don't worry. Like, we're going to have the team in tomorrow. We're going to turn it on for you for the long weekend. Friday, you're going to have AC. Friday comes, AC does not come with it. And it's just been like a case of the team was here on Friday, but then they had to go leave to do an emergency and then we were told saturday and then the team was still at that emergency yesterday on saturday so air conditioning just has not been on for the whole weekend until literally like an hour before i started this call
0: i i i don't want to first i want to acknowledge yeah you know what to live in these these <laughs> shoebox condos is a privilege and of mm-hmm. course like to have ac uh, of course yes. but when it is not there
1: you really it's, do yeah.
0: It's tough.
1: It was I'm... 80 degrees in my apartment. Like my thermostat literally 80 degrees to me is like the perfect temperature for a pool. I love a pool that is 80 degrees plus. Yeah. I've learned that I do not love an apartment that is 80 degrees plus.
0: This is what you get for loving summer so much.
1: Again, I don't want to complain here no, because I that was that wasn't a question. I am a summer <laughs> girl. You are. <laughs> so maybe I'm thrilled that I've been able to spend so much time in my hot apartment this weekend. Maybe it's a
0: positive. Josh has been texting us like the, the apartment updates and the people yeah. who go into the Facebook group and being like, <laughs> the me- the mechanic is not coming today and they might not be coming tomorrow, but we don't know when they may be coming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad for the people in my apartment's Facebook group because they're all like <laughs> commenting, being like, my cat is lethargic. My (laughs) I'm I can't move my kids I really do feel bad for anyone who has kids or pets or are older in my building because wow what a struggle
0: (laughs) I don't that's their choice that was their choice to have a cat we knew what it was gonna be like I the same thing happened to our apartment last week and it they they turned it on much later and obviously we've talked about this before. I prefer to be cold. It's easier to cool up, uh, like warm up than it is yeah. to like cool down, whatever. So then when it came on, I set it to 16 degrees, which I think in Fahrenheit is probably like 15. Mm-hmm. So it's, there was a chill <laughs> in the apartment.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I'm the type of person that I run cold. Like, I think I'm opposite. Where like, I yeah, give me an hour and I'll come start complaining about this air conditioning that finally turned on. I will.
0: No, Sasha fully did. And I fully was like, you're going to appreciate this. Okay. Because we sat on that couch for one week, <laughs> sticking to each other. And I'm not doing this. You I would rather wake couch. up. <laughs> we became the couch. I would rather wake up shivering than anything else. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's... this is. Yeah. It's so different when it comes to sleep. I think you really have to have like the most comfortable sleeping arrangement. And when you don't have that misery,
0: whenever. Like, I would walk into a hotel or whenever I do, if I go on a trip or something, like, my first thing is to, like, go to the thermostat and put it to the coldest temperature. (laughs) So I make sure I come back frozen.
1: You are Arnold Schwarzenegger in (laughs) Batman and Robin.
0: (laughs) It's just, I run very hot. I'm in the middle of a move. And I, mm-hmm. as perhaps you've heard, I have said it three times so far. <laughs> and I was wearing an undershirt this morning. And then there was a cool breeze that came across the city. And I put on a top. Mm-hmm. I'm not okay. And that's, it's okay to not be okay. You know? It's okay. I'm just, I'm not okay, Josh. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's another week. Another episode of Loves It. Here mm-hmm. we are.
1: This is the podcast <laughs> that we're on. This is what you're listening to at home.
0: I wanted to briefly just start off today and give you a shout out because you and your horror anthology on your baking account has been doing wonderfully and it's very beautiful.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy that people are you proud.
0: I am very proud. I'm almost like sad
1: that it's wrapping up next week. It's been my own little personal project. And after that, I'll have to go back to like regular bakes. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do for my regular content but no it's been really good and I've been liking all like the positive feedback I've been getting it feels weird because I literally baked all these things like in late spring so I feel like those drag race girls that takes photos of all her like runways and then posts them while the season is airing like months later but no it's been
0: great no I'm proud of you and it's really pretty and it's very on brand for you to go full horror on a baking account
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, it's very me. it's, yeah, it's very me.
0: Um Speaking actually of
1: horror, I feel like we can get into it. I know that last week I spoke for probably 11 minutes straight without letting you talk uh, about my my favorite horror book, The Ruins, which is also, I guess, in its own way, my favorite, one of my favorite horror movies because of that. Um, and I know that you watched it after our recording last week.
0: What did you I think? sure did. What did you think? Well, I had several, and by several I mean two people text me and say, you have to watch watch it. How have you not watched it? And I said, first of all, how did Who's you get the my that told you? Well, it okay. was you, Adam, and then someone else. I forgot. Shout out to that. And I was person. shout out to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh Craig Scruff <laughs> and he said,
1: Woof sexy, you should watch the ruins. <laughs> okay, that's literally me
0: on, on dating apps Um, So I, obviously it was streaming So I watched it and I was watching it And within five minutes I, <laughs> it came screaming back to me That I, yes, in fact, I had seen this film Yeah It's so good
1: It's so underrated And like I've been enjoying Ever since you talked to me about it I've been like Googling it and reading like like think pieces and articles that have come out since the film's release in 2008 basically being like no it's underrated everybody you should watch it. So I feel like this week has been a, a ruins renaissance for me.
0: No, it's interesting cuz I find sometimes when you like uh, not to sound like a witch but like when you say something and then it start you start to see it more, do you know what I mean? Like until we talked about it, I hadn't thought about this movie for maybe 10 years. And then I talked about it with several people, watched it again, and then did a deep dive myself. And then you sent me that GQ article that said the ruins understands like horror, yada, yada. Yeah. It is a bit of a forgotten gem. It does star um, an interesting cast. Sean Ashmore, Your Sexual Awakening, yeah. Jenna Malone.
1: Your Sexual Awakening. The-
0: <laughs> and then couple other people (laughs) yeah
1: well did you ever see the movie um across the universe that i did so the german guy in the ruins is uh that guy
0: okay great (laughs) that blonde guy (laughs) in across the universe
1: not the main character
0: but the across the universe was one of those movies for like when did it come out like 2006 or something
1: 2007 i think
0: i pretended to watch it for so
1: long I pretended so hard that I bought the DVD and I was like, this is one of my favorite movies and this is cinema. Because I was in first year and I would just listen to the soundtrack so much.
0: Well, yeah, because I didn't grow up like listening to the Beatles. And if, sorry, I grew up like listening to Barbara Streisand. Like <laughs> that's just how that worked in my house. And then there was such a fervor around like my straight male friends at the time who like loved the Beatles. Yes.
1: This is like that one podcast where I dated myself and I sounded old by saying that Corey Feldman was my original yeah. crush, and I sounded like I was born in. I and now here you are. <laughs> my friends growing up loved the Beatles, and I was like,
0: my oh. friends in uh, they're the it's the characters from Greece, just the male <laughs> gang. Yeah. No, it was like because I didn't have like any gay friends in high school really, so I just. Hung around with a bunch of straight guys that I went to elementary school with, and they were all getting into that stuff at the time. And I was like, I I don't, I like let it be. Yeah. That's a nice song. <laughs> it's true.
1: I mean, I'm sure if we were to do a whole deep dive on the Beatles, we would be <laughs> I mean, like, wow, they have some hits.
0: But for our, I, this is coming off of like me last week having a full day in my house just watching Spice Girls live performances for a full day, which, if you have not done it's incredibly cathartic. Oh, I, I bet. I <laughs> bet it is. So back to the ruins. I it's such a weird film because it operates like obviously the horror itself is within the vines and this plant and like the mystery in the ruins. Obviously the titular role. Yeah. And it does that great like descent thing where we have the team of five or six and then slowly they start to die. Yeah. Um but it I texted you and I wish it had gone a bit further into the chaos maybe and maybe made the plants a bit more frightening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think read the book and I swear the movie is good but the book is great and it is so depressing and bleak and just will make wow. you feel so horrible and I say that in the best of ways.
0: Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sign I, me up. Yeah. You know what I want to. You know what I want to read right now. <laughs> something that's
1: going to make you feel like shit.
0: No, I'm very well, happy that you um, la-
1: rediscovered it and you enjoyed it.
0: Well, you know, I love to like one forget about a movie entirely that I've seen. <laughs> I will always text like you and then a couple other people and be like, if I'm watching something and I'm like, you know, thing in the yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. They really raised
1: several points with that.
0: And then you'll or someone else will have to be like, do you mean this actress <laughs> yeah. or that actor? I'm like, you know, thing. Yeah. <laughs> um speaking of horror, last night we rewatched um A Quiet Place. That's my <laughs> exactly. <point>. So <laughs> I'm gonna set a scene here as well. It. We ordered pizza pizza because mm. you inspired okay. me. <laughs> It's camp, as you said. It's not Italian pizza. (laughs) It's looking
1: camp right in the eye, right in the pizza
0: oven. And then mm, Sasha, obviously my boyfriend, who is not a horror movie person, as you know, as I have endured, unfortunately. We watched Barb and Star while we ate the pizza. That was great, yada, yada. Second time seeing it holds up wonderfully, of course. And then I go, okay, I really... Like excited to see a quiet place too. Whenever that is for Canadians, I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Probably the September, fall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, spring. Spring, summer. <laughs> <laughs> so then I wanted to watch a quiet place, and I'm like, I can always like get him into it if I just like start playing it while he's on the couch and he can't really move. Mm-hmm. And he likes things that are like um not like slasher straight out. Horror like that but more like Like A Quiet Place or The Ruins Where it's maybe for lack of a better term Like more inventive of what the horror is Yeah yeah But then if it's like I have to reference this unfortunately Like you know the Ellen stand up special From like 2003 where she's like You know when you go to a movie with someone And they've never you've both never seen the Uh. movie before And you're sitting beside each other But you went to the movies with the wrong person And that person's like well, why did they do that? Yeah. (laughs) Well, what are they going to do next? It was very that because he was like, so they can't make any noise at all. And I'm like, Mm no. And he's like, well, how do they know sign language? And I'm like, well, you're about to find out. So the water came into the basement. I go,
1: yep. (laughs) And it's great because A Quiet Place is such a quiet movie that literally the only thing that is in your apartment sound wise is the voice of your boyfriend asking questions
0: literally and also like I don't want to be that person on a podcast who only talks about their boyfriend but like this is just a s- separate scenario where I'm talking about this scene but like he ended up loving it which was great. Mm-hmm. I ended up watching it probably for the first time since we had seen it in theaters mm-hmm. or a sec- or a second time after that. Holds up incredibly well. And I'm going to say this. Say it. It's a modern
1: classic. I think so too. I think that um it's always been like really up there for me ever since seeing it. I yeah. was like, yeah, that was really great. But sometimes you don't know if that's just sort of like the hype at the moment Machine. telling you yeah. that, but I think really ultimately it was that girl and still is that girl. And a few months ago, this is related. I was cleaning my apartment and I don't even know where this like shard of plastic came from. It was a very firm firm sharp shard of plastic and I stepped on it with my heel. And I just became Emily Blunt in A Quiet Place when she steps on that nail. I, like, let out, like, a yelp and just, like, crawled into the bed. And then
0: you sat down and he said, I can't make any more noise after yeah, this.
1: they're going to find me.
0: And then you gave birth in a tub?
1: I gave birth in a tub. My baby's just, she's sleeping right now.
0: When she stepped on the nail and then she kept going, he, like, squirmed and then, like, was looking through his eyes and then goes, So she's not going to fix it. And I was like, you know, if there's like monsters coming after me, my first thing is not Mm -hmm. to like get a hammer and go fix the nail I just stepped on. I would just avoid it, you know? Like I would remember. We'll deal with the reno later.
1: But for now, maybe worry about your life.
0: Also just to like I'm not one to question a movie like that a lot because you're watching it and it sets up such a world, but you do kind of unravel the world while you're watching. You're like, how did they build that house without making so much noise? How did they put the lights up? Does no one fart? Yeah. Plot holes aplenty. But it works in spite of them Mm -hmm. and you ignore them, I feel.
1: I agree. And I think that it is so like rare, not rare, but for a monster movie like that to be as good as it is.
0: Yeah. Day and age, it's... You know, and be. we see the monster quite often. I honestly
1: kind of forget what they look like, which I don't know is
0: it's a, a little like
1: a good thing or a, not. But
0: like the vet, you know, Venom, like the Tom Hardy yeah. superhero movie. Yeah. So it's kind of like that kind of face, and we see them more in the last twenty minutes, especially with like when the daughter who's deaf realizes that her hearing aid can like manipulate, like is a defense She's mechanism a kind of. She is, and that I don't have anything to come after that, but yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, though, I actually do think
1: that it's been a long time, and maybe it hasn't, and I need to be reminded of this, but I want to see some iconic creature design again in movies. Because, I mean, I am, like, we're talking about A Quiet Place, and I think it's fantastic, but I don't really think the creatures themselves are visually that amazing. Then I think of, like, Cloverfield, the same thing. I was like, okay, big bug. I want to see... Like I want incredible monsters.
0: Well, it it's because of CGI now that we Mm -hmm. only look at something that's like a gray blorp of like a like a something. Great blorp. A great blorp, my drag name. But like, (laughs) please welcome Sage Miss Great Blorp. (laughs) But I I want like. this is not the best example especially for like horror horror but like Jurassic Park right like those dinosaurs when they were like the animatronics you're like oh this is frightening because sure it's dated a little bit but it looks so real Mm -hmm. or like gremlins I guess would be the other example
1: yeah yeah that's true
0: or even Cujo who's like a full dog you want dogs I want full dog
1: (laughs) yes but what kind of dog though really Like, it's just an angry (laughs) shih (laughs) tzu.
0: There's the remake.
1: There's the reboot. I'll direct it.
0: Um, Should we get into what we want to talk about today? Let's
1: get into it. Oh, my gosh. I feel like we've been talking about maybe potentially doing an episode on this for a few weeks now on this person. But I feel like you are probably the best person to introduce the topic this week. Because I know that this person holds a place in your
0: heart. She does. I briefly mentioned it last week when uh the cold brew really started to hit. <laughs> and I was scattered. And you had asked me a question I think I was never prepared less for. Um, and we're talking today about Rachel McAdams, and mm-hmm. we kind of just wanted to like appreciate her, kind of do a deep dive on the resume a little bit, maybe more so the career as a whole. Yeah. And also Josh watched something that. He didn't tell me what the title is, but it's a Rachel movie he'd never seen. And I feel like somebody spoiled that to you because you texted me. No, that. no one did. But because I've known you long enough, I think I figured it okay. out. I I could be wrong.
1: Before I even reveal what it is, I want to... Okay, because I love Rachel McAdams too. And I was, I was thinking yesterday and I was like, what is it about Rachel that I feel so connected to? And I'm wondering... Yeah like if she is one of those actresses that is almost sort of not tied to like the millennial generation, but because she became so big when she did like that era and specifically like Mean Girls really and The Notebook was so um, like prominent for a generation of people that now I'm kind of, I equate her to like a millennial actress, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think we were growing up we were, we're not, again, we're not far in age, but we were kind of at that point that's like, we were both getting incredibly more interested in film and television, and she blew up in 2005 because of both of those movies you just, just mentioned. Now, not to like sound contrarian on purpose, but it wasn't Mean Girls or The Notebook for me because I never saw The Notebook until like a little bit later.
1: Yeah.
0: And obviously not to be a cliche, but I've seen Mean Girls like a hundred times, not in the last like seven years. Okay. I've grown. But when I got the DVD, it was kind of like, come over to my house. Do you want to watch Mean Girls? Yeah. For me though, it was. The Red Eye, Family Stone Year.
1: You were the 2005 then.
0: I literally was, because I remember me and my brother took the bus to go to the to the theater, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to watch Red Eye. I remember just being like, this is my kind of movie. It is set in one place, has Popeye Conrad, Rachel McAdams, like mm-hmm. I'm in. Wes Craven, too, I had just like mm-hmm. gotten into the screams. Yeah. May he rest, but... So we watched that, and then I later on probably after its theatrical release, finally watched The Family Stone. Mm-hmm. And it's within that that I was like, oh, like yeah. there's just something about her acting, which maybe isn't the heaviest or the most showy, perhaps. But there's like a like a nuance to it, I think, that yeah. I really just connected with.
1: Totally, 100% agree.
0: But I think you're right, it's the stardom that happened at that time And also maybe because she's Canadian
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true
0: Um, I feel like, okay,
1: And now I have
0: to reveal what movie I saw Because this is really
1: like an early Rachel film
0: Wait, can I guess? Yeah, you can guess So it's either The Hot Chick or The Notebook It's The Notebook I saw Uh, The Hot
1: Chick literally like when I was in (laughs) (laughs) But I I don't really remember Rachel in that movie at all like she, I glazed over her. I think. Yeah, but no, I watched the note. I had never seen the Notebook before until the- I knew it. I yeah. knew it. You fucking knew it.
0: I I just was sitting on the couch last night, and I go, "He's such a little twerp." I know, I know his kind of movies, and I know raw romantic dramedies are just not Joshua's forte. No, not really, and not like, really. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it? I don't think it's good and I think it's obviously not good but it is a marker for like pop culture in terms of like it opened the floodgates for that genre like the Nicholas Sparks Mm -hmm. that just copy and pasted Dear John Uh, Mm -hmm. I think A Walk to Remember was also probably before The Notebook but whatever Mm -hmm. but The Notebook was just so 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 big and they're both very very good in it It's perhaps a case of, like, Mr. and Mrs. Smith where I think the chemistry is better than, obviously, the movie as a whole. Because, like, when they're kissing, you're like, oh, horny. Yeah.
1: And it's even better that they apparently hated each other on set.
0: Yeah, I think that's so hot. I There's nothing I love more. Like, obviously, this is an aside, but just finished the Sex and the City rewatch that Mm -hmm. I was going through, Mm -hmm. and my favorite thing is always that SJP and Kim Cattrall have in my opinion, the best chemistry amongst the four of them. And my favorite thing is just to be like the fact that they had to end the scenes like running from each other. <laughs> yeah, just
1: fleeing off set.
0: <laughs> also, so you know the notebook trivia is that like Brittany obviously screen tested for Rachel's role. No, I didn't know yeah. that. So I don't know the full story and I don't care to look up the rest but it, it's, and it was viral this week on Twitter like Someone had the picture of her with Ryan Gosling at the screen test and her Britney separate, and she auditioned for it, and I think she was in heavy consideration for it. But what, a, like, love Britney, of course, Dan, whatever, but, like, just acting-wise, not...
1: I don't think it no was... No Mariah. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it was definitely a movie where I didn't expect it to be as sort of like, whoa, mm. this is a cliche, like, romantic drama. Like, it's... It, I didn't like it. No, <laughs> not to spoil it, but like this is a movie where the two lead characters like they literally die together at the end holding each other's hands and I think that that is so like oh, brother, you know. But I do think that what you said, I think that Rachel in particular is fantastic. She's yeah. got such like a charisma to her in the movie even though her eyebrows are horrible <laughs> for most of it. Like I was just staring at the screen And I had had, like, a little bit of a treat before I watched it. But I was, like, transfixed with these, like, really, like, light blonde eyebrows that she, like, in her teenage self. And I was just... I hated it. I hated it.
0: Yeah. Also, like, Rachel, what's fascinating is, was, like, she wasn't... She was, like, 45 in Mean Girls and in The Notebook. I think she's like, 28 when she did both of them. Something like that.
1: You can go with 45.
0: Yeah. And, like... (laughs) listen love her Mm -hmm. a teenager she is not in Mean Girls obviously and that's fine I'm not one of those that's like listen I prefer the original 90210 to be everyone at the age of 31 in high school I think it's great but in The Notebook particularly she she is so aged and before she even ages
1: (laughs) she was the original Ben Platt I think
0: also, oh, there's a scene where Ryan Gosling, it's probably the bird rain scene, whatever that part of the movie is, and they're undressing and they're doing like a sexy, like, each of them are stripping off their things oh. and then, he, yeah.
1: Yeah, they're like, yeah. they're going to have sex for the first time and then they stand mm-hmm. like six meters away from one another. There's It's just like candle lit, <laughs> well, I think like maybe a barn or something. <laughs> they both kind of slowly take off articles of clothing and take in one another's naked bodies.
0: No, but then he takes off his pants to reveal long underwear. And I was like, were girls in the theater like, oh, my God, this is so hot. I laugh.
1: <laughs> I would be pissed if I saw long underwear.
0: It's just weird because it's obviously so a part of her legacy. And again, she's great in it. It is not good. Yeah. But it's interesting for me because I think she gets a little... Like it's 2021 now, so we're very far removed from that era in which she was that she was that bitch. She was the moment, right? Yeah. And it was hit after hit kind of. It was Mean Girls, then The Notebook, then Red Eye, then The Family Stone, then okay, I think
1: I'm so sorry, but you you keep missing one iconic Rachel role. What am I missing? Wedding Crashers.
0: Oh my god, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. see that for me is like I don't consider <gasps> that to be a thing. I know. Are you a Wedding Crashers bro?
1: <laughs> I was a little Wedding Crasher. It was, well, it's funny because I remember, obviously I saw Mean Girls in theaters in 2000 Yeah, and we loved it and I was like, oh yes, Rachel McAdams, so great. But then it wasn't until, because I think Wedding Crashers came out first of her 2005 smashes. It was the first one to come out and I remember watching it and obviously like the gay person I am, I walked away being like, oh, Isla Fisher. She stole that movie. But behind isla i was like wait rachel McAdams was in that and she had so much like it was such a good natural love interest performance that normally i wouldn't really gravitate towards but i think it was just so perfect for her that that... there's a lot
0: of there's a lot of warmth in that performance from her and she's very like like charitable with her like chemistry because like vince vaughn at that time was very much Whatever that was and that's fine And Owen Wilson like give me a break But like Rachel and Isla Carried that fucking movie Like please flip the roles give me them as Wedding Crashers let's go
1: I think that you are probably going to rewatch Wedding Crashers In the next month and you're going to text probably them, Like points were made <laughs> Points were made No,
0: I Maybe it's like her black hair In it that like really <laughs> throws me Because it's so dark on her very pale face But no. like and yeah. like the eyebrows too It was such uh-huh. a time but even with that, though, like I was saying, it was like no skips, like just hits. Yeah. And crossing genre. Literally, you can look at 2005
1: and her filmography and be like, wow.
0: Yeah, do I don't need anything else. To
1: do romantic comedy, to horror thriller, to Christmas drama. Yes. That's exactly what, that is what every real girl wants to achieve <laughs> in a season of Drag Race. Just the versatility.
0: When I'm getting into an actress I uh, and their career, I want a gift basket of their DVDs and I want Christmas film. I want airplane thriller. I want high school comedy. <laughs> but it's funny though, because after,
1: like, when I think of Rachel McAdams, I always obviously picture 2005, you know, congratulations, yeah. that era. But then I do associate her with a, a bit of a flop era after that. I think that she went into just kind of a, like,
0: where did she go sort of place? Well, it's- interesting because i think so you know this too i think that she turned down she was the the one they wanted to play um in the devil was Prada story wow. and hathaway's role and she turned it down and i think there might have been because that was 2006 either fatigue either maybe like it, it, she was working a lot right like yeah. that's what five movies in three years two yeah. years or maybe it was like, I don't want to fall into that kind of trope. But then there was The Time Traveler's Wife, which is a great book and a very terrible movie. Then there was The into vow. The, the Vow, which I saw on opening day, which was that wig. I remember
1: um, walking by the set, because it was filmed in Toronto, yeah. hearing like, it's The Vow, Rachel McAdams and Shannon Tatum. And I was so excited to watch it. And then I watched it and I was like,
0: to what, to what end? To what end? And also you gave up the Devil Wears Prada for this. this? <laughs> for this. Also, it's just, it was her own, she fell into her own trap kind of because of the notebook and then the, the vow, mm. which is weird. So then there's that. And then there's that Terrence Malick movie. I forgot she was in that. I always want to call it Into the Wild, but it's not that. Yeah, it's into, in, in into, the bushes. Into the grass. Yeah. Something. But so I, I understand,
1: understand that. why she would do that. I, I get it because it's like Terrence Malick, and she wanted to be,
0: she wanted that moment for herself. And Maybe. when I tell you I saw that at Tiff, of course you did. I believe that. I took my McAdams Apple stand card, <laughs> and I said, "Stamp, please, <laughs> right here, <laughs> <laughs> number six on the row." Thank you. Um, so yeah, there was a bit of that. I think this is part of the flop era, but Morning Glory is also in that weird. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it was not a success. It very much was a Devil Worse Prada for like TV producers. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. You don't.
1: I, I've seen it once and I didn't really care to see it again after that, but yeah, I'm not going to say it was like horrible. And in terms of McAdams
0: flops, it probably is on the, the better end of things. Yeah, I think what I love the most about that movie is that she got to work with Diane Keaton for a second time. Mm -hmm. And that's nice. Yeah. I'm trying to like think, so I really don't
1: think that things started to get better for her again until after 2015. That's like Mm -hmm. almost a decade of not giving me, Josh, what I want.
0: Literally same, because she kind of went silent. There was State of Play with Ben Affleck and that it was the like legal drama whatever with the very blue poster and it's good it's good i don't remember it and i've seen it once but i I will like literally i can't
1: even picture the poster right now
0: oh it's like one of those like floating heads and like blocks and then like legal drama yeah (laughs) you know that (laughs) font
1: He's flipping through pages on the poster
0: (laughs) and Someone tweeted a few weeks ago, they're like, we need to get Rachel McAdams in a proper drama where she's dressed properly. And then they did a picture of her in State of Play and then her in Spotlight where she's just wearing like slacks and like a big shirt. Yeah. Like, please just dress her. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, State of Play was also there. And then we get into 2015 where it was kind of like, what was going on? <laughs> but she was also in the Sherlock Holmes movie Yes. Which I had, like, who played? I, I never saw that. Who played this Sherlock? Jude, Jude Law played um, not Sherlock Holmes, what? Watson. And then, um, uh, what's his name? Robert Downey Jr. played oh, Sherlock. Oh, my God. I can't see you because I'm currently on IMDb because I'm just trying to get this absolutely oh, correct yeah. in that time. Okay, so, yes. So, we went from... After The Family Stone, it was 2007 to 2009 was weird. It was The Lucky Ones, which is like some small random movie, Married Life, State of Play. So, like, that's great. Has really good reviews. The Time Traveler's Wife in 2009, flop. Sherlock Holmes, 2009, weird accent. Yeah. (laughs) Morning Morning Glory, 2010. I love it. You hate it. Midnight in Paris.
1: Oh, but wait, she was... It, like, I mean, I don't really want to spend too much time talking about a Woody Allen movie on this podcast, but she was mm-hmm. part of, like, the worst part of that movie was the the modern day stuff. Yeah. So, sucks yeah. to be her.
0: Yeah. So, flop in many ways. <laughs> yeah. Then she came back for Sherlock Holmes. No, she didn't. Yep. Game of if Shadows. More of this accent. I've got more for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was The Vow. And the Terrence Malick movie is called To the Wonder, not oh, Into oh, the yeah. Forest. Yeah. <laughs> then there was Passion. <laughs> Have you ever seen Passion? Um oh my god. No. What did Okay? Capital. It's a directed and written by Brian De Palma, and it's her, and I always screwed I up her that. name. Yeah, Numi Rapace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Also not great. <laughs> uh, we're still going. Are you with me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> then there's about time, which is incredible
1: she's like i'm not i playing with this whole time travel angle you guys
0: <laughs> she said okay i'm aware the first one wasn't great but i got a second one for you and
1: i'm pretty sure one day i'll have a third one i want to rage like adam's time traveling trilogy
0: me and you both yeah <laughs> about time have you seen it
1: um i yes i did yeah because what's his what's his face who's the thing that plays the um Thing from Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, X-Men. And...
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow, we, we are bad again this week. So <laughs> that's a really, really good movie. And yeah. I really appreciate it on a resume. Underrated. It, Very
1: underrated.
0: Completely underrated. I think it has that great audience that like right now, whenever it's streaming, has like the fervor around. It. And they're like, oh my God, about time. If you want to cry, like sob your eyes out. That's it. Yeah. Also... The picture of her and Margot Robbie at the premiere is one of my favorite images ever. And Rachel looks so good at that premiere. I'm obsessed. I don't okay. think you've sent me this before.
1: The only picture that we send to one another, <laughs> we've sent actually a lot of pictures of Rachel McAdams on the red carpet back and forth. But the one that always makes the rounds is her at the Family Stone premiere looking dreadful. Her hair has this bouffant in a wind tunnel look. Pretty sure her like, breast is almost fully out unintentionally <laughs> she's smiling to her co-stars and they're smiling back but they're probably thinking this girl needs help
0: she looks like her eyes are like fully dilated and she's like <laughs> ready to go at that premiere and i'm like <laughs> where are we and then like sjp's in like a pantsuit or something or like a weird dress <laughs> and then there's diane just doing her Duke like cosplay in the corner <laughs> anyway that premiere is killing me but i'll send you this picture after because it's like really pretty and then there's we're just gonna go through through some movies. A Most Wanted Man. Everything will be fine. A Little Prince. The Little Prince. Story, where she plays. I have not other- heard she- any of those movies mm-hmm. You've heard of this next one? Yeah. Aloha. Oh my
1: god! Thank God that Emma took all the heat for that movie, and nobody else can
0: be remembered for being in it. L- like, thank God she's forgotten to have even been in that movie. Like, let's, yes, let's focus on 2005. (laughs) But isn't it funny, like,
1: she has these roles in movies by um, acclaimed directors, but they just end up being, like, complete, not complete flops, I shouldn't say that, but, like, forgettable flicks.
0: Yeah, well, um, it was kind of a setup, right? Like, on paper, if you're reading the the production for aloha and you're like wow bradley cooper emma stone rachel mcadams and it's this like weird romantic comedy allegedly and it's directed directed and written by cameron crowe which i don't think holds the weight that it once did and and kirsten is still wearing elizabeth town on her back but like (laughs) it is what it is right and then after aloha there was um southpaw with jake gyllenhaal yes so spoilers if you haven't seen it just skip about 15 seconds ahead. She does die in the movie. But she's wearing she looks so fucking hot in that movie and she's wearing French tip like press on nails. Yeah. Obsessed. Have you seen it? No.
1: Uh no. But Okay. I- <laughs>
0: trailer
1: and she did look good in the trailer.
0: You said two thousand fifteen was her like year, but it's really Aloha, Southpaw, and then True Detective, Wait, and then you... Spotlight.
1: Okay, Spotlight. That I think yeah. Post Spotlight is when things started to get a little bit, a little bit more Rachel.
0: Yeah. So True Detective is. Oh my! You know God. what? Yeah. It's kind of tough to talk about because I think on paper she thought it'd be like her. East town or like a big yeah. little lies moment and <laughs> she then... was so
1: psychic that she was like this is gonna be my East town
0: moment and Mare of <laughs> Before... come
1: out in five years
0: <laughs> but like i remember watching that a, a season as it aired mm-hmm. and i think i was blinded by my m- my own McAdams apple mm-hmm. and i think she's really good in the season the season is obviously quite um bad yeah did you watch it a- no okay
1: but like it was season two right yeah and i remember there was so much hype coming off that first season and the memes were everywhere of like true detective season two true detective season two and oh then yeah here comes true detective season two and all of a sudden
0: everybody was like
1: er, uh- <laughs> uh, we didn't want this
0: this is not what i ordered no. and especially <laughs> like same with Elizabeth Town. It's like Rachel McAdams HBO drama season two of True Detective. Fuck yes, let's go. Yeah, and then we all got there.
1: <laughs> I love how we keep bringing up Elizabeth Town.
0: Truly, Kirsten's. Oh, panda. sorry. Yeah, I mean her impact, quite yeah. truly. <laughs> and then later that year, thank God came Spotlight. Oh, thank God.
1: And I say that and fully, it- being like, you know what? Like, it's not like an iconic rachel performance that i think of all the time it's understated and it's quiet it's good
0: it's good and she earned her first her and yeah. only academy award uh nomination for that and that's fine i remember waking up oscar nomination morning at my parents house and like running to the tv and like seeing her name and i was like the only time i've ever felt like what people feel like during the Super Bowl, And I was like, yes, like we got it. We got it. (laughs) One win that homosexuals can get. (laughs) And then she showed up at the Oscars in that iconic green, kind of like satiny dress. Like I'm really showing my sand card today. (laughs) (laughs) I do agree with you though, because she's good in spotlight. I love spotlight. It's not a, there's great performances in it. It's very much the movie as a whole for me. Exactly. But if we were ever going to give her a nomination, and I don't think this is ever anything to scoff at anymore, it is Mean Girls. For sure.
1: I was going to say that, like, literally one of the only, if I had the power to Mm. give a retroactive nomination, it would 100% be Best Supporting Actress for Mean Girls.
0: They just don't recognize comedy that way, and this is not anything that's new for, like, people who follow the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And I think if you are in a common conversation with, like, non Film and television people really invested. They're like, oh, Mean Girls. And it's like, yeah, like, why Spotlight? Because she wore beige pants? hmm And she had bad hair? No, I don't want that.
1: No, she literally, she took that script for Mean Girls and she she understood it. And then she gave it back to you in a way that was
0: just instantly it. And it's so weird for me because I think, she, like I said earlier, she might, not pigeon-told is the word, but maybe like bookmarked. In those 2004 and 2005 films as being like, well, where did she go after that? And clearly I followed the trajectory. And there are a few more hits along the way. And we haven't gotten to two more that I think also add to her resume. But you look at her performance in Mean Girls and you're like, how is this happening in 2004? You had done maybe two movies prior to this. Mm -hmm. And... It's not her movie technically, because on paper it's like Lindsay Lohan's break from the family, uh, the Disney Channel, and into this like teenage world of like almost R-rated comedies. Yeah. But then Rachel's like, "Well, I see you guys, and obviously, like, it's an ensemble. Lindsay's great, Amanda's great, um, uh, Lacey. Lacey's Lacey. great. Sorry, I know yeah. you knew I was gonna forget. I you know." And I'm not even just saying this as me, but I I know you agree, but it's like, it's Rachel's performance. Oh, 100%.
1: Like, I think everyone, as you just said, is fantastic in the film, but Rachel is the shining star.
0: Like that's a comedic performance that even though the movie is incredibly overrated now and has been kind of like uh, overused in so many aspects, I am happy this year that, like, her, like, so you agree, became that meme. But even then, I think the film overshadows her comedic work as a, like, how incredible it is. Mm -hmm. So that's what I came here today to say.
1: Yeah. No, I'm happy you said that because you know my thoughts on that already.
0: Um, Before we get to two other great (laughs) comedic performances, we do have to stop at Doctor Strange, which she Uh. plays. It's, she's credited as a woman named Dr. Christine Palmer. She we plays wife on.
1: A, oh my god! Like, why did they even give her a name in that movie? Because
0: it's wife on phone.
1: <laughs> I saw that movie on a date, and it was oh, yes. It was such so a so did
0: I. So did I.
1: Date. Like, I remember I ordered pork belly at the restaurant. That was the <laughs> night that I learned that I do not like pork belly. Then we saw Doctor Strange. That was the night I realized I did not like. Dr Strange and that was the night that he who shall not be named I don't name it Donald Trump won the election that night. So really it was uh, three terrible things in a row.
0: Was the date good?
1: I mean I saw him a couple of other times, yeah. I bet you did. Yeah. Um
0: <laughs> yeah, she plays the wife on phone. Ugh. I choose to skip over this one. Um and then there was disobedience in 2017 which was Waiting. kind of I have Sorry. A yeah, go.
1: Is she gonna be in the Doctor Strange sequel or is she fully like, listen?
0: Allegedly, she's coming back. I don't like I I know you're not involved in the Marvel no shit. Yeah, I, I'm not either, but I have seen them all. Please don't. I'm not wearing that. Don't give that to me. No. I don't want it. I can't take that on. I'm not taking that on. Um <laughs> but <laughs> from what I think I have read is that. I don't know if the that snap from that man. I think she comes back. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> that snap from that man. She, he snapped.
1: He did it. Um, but Disobedience. Okay, so Disobedience is another iconic movie that I need to yep. watch with Rachel in it. I have <gasps> one specific scene. Yes. I mean, come on now.
0: The are in see the see One mouth.
1: scene from Disobedience. It's the scene where Rachel spits in her mouth. Rachel she, spits
0: in Rachel's mouth. It's Rachel to Rachel. R to R it's so sexy that that moment particularly and this was just kind of the beginning of her sort of resurgence but I think we then look at it as like like the Doctor Strange aside kind of like you need a check you need a check I. Right? Yeah. and on paper if you're doing a Marvel movie you're like okay wife on phone sure that looks great okay my rent is due yeah, you can do that and then you can do your indie pop phase where you yeah. do Disobedience and I'm like, yes, yeah, standing. Rachel on Rachel, that's great. Literally Rachel on Rachel. Uh-huh. And she's so, they're both incredible in that, um, but it's just another great performance from uh, Miss McAdams. And then <laughs> we get into what I would probably say is in your top three Rachel movies, Game Night.
1: Oh. Like, I, chills. Chills all over my body right now, <laughs> even thinking about Game Night. I, I truly do think that it is like my favorite studio comedy of the last few years. I mean, I can't think of other studio comedies. I mean, outside of like Barb and star. Um, But there's just something about game night that is so comforting to me while also being so like engaging and quick and it's got such a fantastic cast. She's got um, Billy Magnuson is there. Um, Jason Bateman and her have good chemistry. It's like a very well-stocked, comedy that moves so nicely and is creative and inventive despite fitting within like studio comedy um restrictions I should say
0: yeah because it's it was far gone from like date night and it's Mm -hmm. well after the whole r-rated renaissance that kind of happened from like 2010 to 2012 and it, you could have hoped that would have sparked it again. It didn't really, mm. but it didn't flop. It was really solid at the box office, got great reviews and has since then, I think, earned this reputation of like, not like, there isn't like a, like a fervor around it for lack of a better example. But like, it's kind of like, if you know, you know, like, have you seen Game Night? Do you yeah. know this? It's not like it was slept on. It's just not like widely seen. I feel, I don't know.
1: And Rachel is so great in it. It's like, again, a very wonderful comedic performance from her, but it's very different from other comedic performances that she's given. She's just truly having a good time on set. So it looks.
0: Yeah. And I think it's where maybe uh, for Mean Girls, it's her, that was her going maybe method, quote unquote. And then Game Night feels so, like you said, relaxed and yeah broad and I don't mean that as an insult because it's a very general performance but it's like wow like you're so charming so sweet Mm -hmm. you look great thank god and then like you're having fun too and she's also like she steals the whole movie I would argue kind of it's her and um Jesse Plemons oh yeah who yeah
1: yeah I will say that as a Billy Magnuson um sorry 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 sort of like that himbo for me in that movie and yeah it's so terrible I forget her name but she plays like the Irish girlfriend I was gonna say yeah yeah it's just like I said it's so well cast all across the board but she it's a role that honestly anyone could be given and yet here we are complimenting her so much for hitting it out of the park but it's not like a specific like only Rachel only Rachel
0: no and That is kind of her. And I mean, and again, that's a compliment where it's like, it's never like, oh, only she could do this. It's like, no, anybody could do this, but Mm -hmm. I'm happy she did this. And we got that from her because not everybody could do Mean Girls and not everybody could do, in my opinion, what she did in The Family Stone, which is Mm -hmm. also very underrated. And yeah, it's like mean sister, but I think it's (laughs) like tortured younger sister who's dealing with the loss of her mother and like Processing that while Being single and then it's the hol- Like it's just way more layered than I think It is but yeah you it hit the, the mean nail on girl the head
1: mean sister. Yep.
0: The mean sister There's your movie <laughs> But it's like yeah it's never Solely or singularly her and also The Canadian in her is never going to be Like showcasing it In that way if that mm-hmm. makes sense because like The spotlight Oscar Campaign that she did Was very quiet she was not the frontrunner or, or even close for that year mm-hmm. but she did bring the woman uh Sasha Pfeiffer who is the woman she's playing to the oscars mm-hmm. and i think she brought her to the sags too which was quite nice yeah um you know she probably took her bike and rode it from <laughs> hamilton to la as rachel does yeah <laughs> um no but yeah game night is the moment mm-hmm. and i think you've seen it 55 times <laughs> probably honestly it's just one of those <laughs> movies that i'm like hey, <laughs> Game night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then after that, she was on her comedy kick. And also the fact that we're talking about this today is hilarious. Uh, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga.
1: Yes. You've seen it, obviously, right?
0: Yeah, and you have.
1: Yeah. I loved it? it. So good. And again, fantastic Rachel comedic performance, but also one of like her finest like moving performances for me she lip syncs for her life boots house down tea mama <laughs> but also she injects so much warmth and love and like vulnerability i guess in a weird way it's fantastic
0: yeah i agree We're even like you would think in maybe the first 10 minutes of that movie, you're like, this accent's either going to stick with me or it's going to be a, like a bit of a pain. Oh. Because it is a bit put on, but she does it in such a like a Bjork-esque way, but it's so cute. And again, she looks right in the movie. Um, but again, I'm not trying to repeat it, but it's this warmth that I don't think is really given her due where it's like, yeah, this is a really silly movie from the feral wheelhouse of like, competition genre Mm -hmm. and then she comes in because like when it was first announced i was like yes yeah this is what she needs to do because i knew what she would do with that role because it's never bad no the only time she's been bad quote unquote i think would be the vow or uh i haven't seen it but like aloha or midnight in paris where it's like a bit of a miscast or even the vow is like well, I see what you guys are doing here. I am not accepting this. And the wig is not accepting her head.
1: No, <laughs> it's when when the role gets too safe for her, then it's it, it just does Doctor not. Dr. Strange. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I remember her wearing scrubs in that movie. And yep. I, you know, she was a nurse. Like I, I can't know. <laughs> she might've been a lawyer. She might've been anything else, but in my head, she's just.
0: She was from, she came from the set of scrubs. Yeah, she ran in her scrubs. Um, Was the same with Red Eye, which I really didn't get to talk about. Mm -hmm. I just really wanted to. Well, actually, let's set it up this way. What's your favorite performance and your favorite movie? They don't have to be the same thing. Oh my god!
1: I mean, my favorite performance is obviously Mean Girls, just because I think it's so fantastic. But I think if I have to choose a non-Mean Girls Rachel performance, what we just spoke about, Game Night, or I'd have to watch Eurovision like another couple of times to really grasp it.
0: Like she has another 50 it. times. Yeah.
1: She's got that scene in Eurovision where she and Will Ferrell's character get into this huge fight and he ends up walking out and she has to walk back into the competition <laughs> past all these other people. And she's like very hurt and wearing sad. it a little bit. Yeah. And just like the, the scene where she has to walk back and kind of hold her head up high is just so lovely and moving that i'm tempted to put that near the top but for now i'll go with mean girls or game night
0: i love that for you i think and i don't mean that in like a nasty bitch way (laughs) i mean like it's very you and i think for our connection especially like you and i the most have connected on rachel over the years Mm -hmm. and like um it's very our brand of like actress which is weird because it's so not that you like a bigger actress, I think you like a more unique person. And mm-hmm. Rachel's quite, she's the Canadian girl, right? Like she's their friend. I I this is the most complimentary thing. There is nothing special about her that and that makes her so special.
1: Yeah. Like the only she, like she, she did yeah.
0: her hair pink. Uh
1: I think for oh like, my like, god, like, yeah. Words. And I was like, this is the most interesting thing she will ever do.
0: Okay. The MTV movie movie awards moment when her and Ryan kiss is not only better than The Notebook, but also like, I was like, oh, you're playing like the celebrity game and I'm Mm -hmm. having, like, do this. I Mm -hmm. want more of this. And maybe to her credit, she never went full, like maybe they were setting her up to be like a Julia Roberts or a Jennifer Aniston, but she never wanted to do that. And I love Mm -hmm. that. I maybe wish we did get it in a sense. Yeah. But anyway, I think my, my favorite performance is The Family Stone. Yeah. And my favorite movie without saying The Family Stone because I think that's an easy answer. I would say Red Eye just because like mm-hmm. to have that on your resume is so cool and like who like who else kind of was besides Jodie Foster because obviously they came out with, like very close to each other but like you're coming off Mean Girls, you're coming off The Hot Chick, you're coming off The Notebook and then The Family Stone and you're like, you know what would be fun?
1: It was like a bait and switch almost, where yeah. she was coming off of a wave of like a, a good romantic drama wave where I think that people see the trailer and they think, oh, there's that girl, Rachel, again. She's in another sweet little love story. And then all there's Thing. There's Thing, Thing McAdams. And nope, not a love story. In fact, it's a well contained inside an airplane thriller, Killian Murphy with his creepy blue eyes
0: his mean little spider eyes so i think that's it on the rachel front i do want to say though on her upcoming resume it's confirmed dr strange in the multiverse of madness okay and then she plays the mom and i know that's like a bit disarming but she plays the mom in are you there god it's me margaret do you know what that is i'm gonna have it's the ask Judy. You to make the, me
1: calm down right now because that's not sounding good.
0: It's the Judy Bloom book. So oh. hold on, just stick with me. It's Rachel McAdams. Kathy Bates plays Sylvia, oh, and then someone named Abby Ryder Fortson plays Margaret. So I would be nervous about this, but I think she's going to be really good at it. What is
1: like? What is it like? Based on? Is it supposed to be? Am I supposed to have heard of this?
0: Okay, so yes, I feel like you should have. It's, well, I it's not for us. Obviously, it was a it is an iconic children's book for like girls, and I think it's about like me trying to explain this fucking thing. IMDb (laughs) sums it up as: when her family moves from the city to the suburbs, eleven-year-old Margaret navigates new friends, feelings, and the beginning of adolescence. So it's kind of like a girl coming into her own at that age. Is it Mm -hmm. Christian? Like, is it very like religious? No, 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 no. Okay,
1: title was scaring me a little bit. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh. Okay, if I'm she went
0: like, her. yeah, like um, the lady from This Is uh, Us, this like is that, us, that like realm. The Ice movie,
1: yeah. <laughs> I was like, Rachel, please no. Is Are those the only two things on her resume? Okay. But I also it's kind her. of equate her with that very like, because she is, as I said, our friend, our our straight girlfriend, she's in that phase of her life where she's just constantly pregnant in my mind. Yeah. So I need her to stop that. Yeah. And um, I don't want to
0: open up Facebook and see another pregnancy photo (laughs) from her. I want to see her on set. What
1: would your ideal move for her be next? Like what, what do you think would be the best or what would you like to see her in?
0: I would like to see her try her hand again at an HBO series, not just because like the clout of it, I guess, but like, I want to see her tackle something a bit grittier and a bit not like it doesn't need to be like Mare of East Town. I don't need to see her like vaping. dressed down. Yeah, I don't need to see her vaping and like eating a breakfast sandwich out of a car or, like although that was me today. But like <laughs> I want to see just maybe something televised from her. So I don't just have a brief moment with the film. I want to see like a 10 episode thing. I don't know what that is. Get yeah. uh Reese with a spoon to buy another book. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And just for us, I would love another comedy, just because I love that on her resume. And then, like, just something weird. Not, like, a thriller like Red Eye, but, like, a full horror movie. Mm-hmm. What I do you think, want?
1: I would love to see her kind of play a, a nastier character again. Something mm-hmm. like The Family Stone, she was nasty, but in an excessively human way. But something like that, where she doesn't have to play a warm person. Yeah. she Probably do a good... Because there, there's that saying that like people who are are nicer in real life are better at playing nastier characters, and I think that that's how I, I I think Rachel is a nice person in real life because she always does a good job whenever she plays darker.
0: That's how I feel about you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're the you're the bitch of this podcast. Yeah. Um okay. So, I think now we're just going to do a little little tiny recap of. Like, what was going on on Bravo this week, and like, maybe whatever other stuff we were watching? Yeah. We um, premiere this week, Girly. Okay. So, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiered its 11th season.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Beverly Hills is that one that I think, you know, toxic in the community, speak yeah. of it, but like, it's the harder franchise because it, it is and was and remains, I think, beloved because of those first five or six seasons, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, where it was so dark. It was that weird child of the Housewives universe that was just like Esther. It was like orphan, you know, like it was just <laughs> sick and twisted. <laughs> and you had family drama, but it wasn't like Jersey and that it was obvious and loud. It was just like, this seems layered. <laughs> we need a therapist that mm-hmm. So now it's become, in my opinion, because of the Erica Jane of it, a bit more fabricated and glossier. And mm-hmm. I do like this version as well. I do think it gets an unfair treatment. I particularly quite enjoyed last season. It did go on really long. I didn't love what the what it was about, but I liked what we saw. The Bravo, bravo, bravo. Denise gave us what I think is an iconic two season flop yeah. performance. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say this season I'm already obsessed with. I think it's great. I've watched the premiere two times so far. Which is
1: crazy because you, I think, are the biggest Teddy Mellencamp fan that I know. Kidding. No, you're not a Teddy
0: fan. Don't worry. Don't ever say that again. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm not. Listen, like, I guess on paper, like, we read as like, like New York and Potomac kind of people. Like, just... Like flat out comedies, we want. Yeah, but I think Beverly Hills is starting to play in that world a little bit. Not the Lisa Rena of it, but like now with Crystal, now with Sutton, and now with Garcelle, even and Dorit, who I feel is a comedian. Yeah, it's weird funny. Do you know what I mean? And
1: don't forget our new player, Kathy Hilton.
0: Okay, Kyle, I'm. I've decided to stand her because, like, I just I can't. She's like candy to me. Like. Maybe not the most interesting, but always does her job. Is the narrator and shows up to work and is kind of the person we're centered around. However, her family and these sisters, like yeah. Kim, is an icon, of course. <laughs> yes, yeah, she is
1: pop icon.
0: Sorry, she's pop icon. Like she, this series, she carried this series on her back. Mm-hmm. But now we have Kathy, who's just as like insane in the she's best in a, way. A
1: different lane of zany, but yeah like it is very authentically zany and we've only had one episode so far and we've already gotten a story of her, you know, removing teeth of children.
0: That story is so dark, but I, I kind of was like not even fazed by it just because of what I've seen on the show. I was like, yeah, sure, sure. You're going to do that. That makes sense, Kathy. Yeah. Also the tone of her voice and the way that she speaks is very like Kathleen Turner, like just so low. It's,
1: Every time I picture her in my head, I always hear a Southern accent. But I'm like, wait, a-
0: same. Wait a second, they're not Southern people. No, because on this podcast, this very podcast, three weeks ago, I did like the cat. the quote of her at the end with with cat with Kyle, and she oh, goes, I, um, "Sometimes everybody's got to play their cards." Yeah. Literally, not Southern. Anyways, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'm, I I am right there with you. I think that they have what we were talking about last week with like a football team of wives, they have eight people now. And that alone makes me confident and makes me happy. And I think just based on where we know the season is going, I think that it will give us like a few positive things to kind of talk about for seasons to come, hopefully based on snippets.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think, Like, I remember when Kathy Hilton was announced and Crystal, too. Mm -hmm. Not that we knew anything of Crystal. I think people were like, you always want in your mind a bigger name because then you can attach it to what you think that person is. Especially for
1: like Beverly Hills as well, where everyone's always throwing around like Tori Spelling and kind of like D-list celebrities.
0: Yeah. And not D list, but also Chris Jenner. But I was mm-hmm. whenever Chris mm-hmm. Jenner's name is attached, it's like, well, we've seen her. I know what that's like. But Kathy is kind of that great example of like, I didn't know what that was.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's wild. And Crystal also is so cold, but in the way that Erica Jane wants to be, but also exactly. funny and like not quirky, but kind of just like calling it out. Like there was the confessional scene where the producer's like, Do you know who? Dorit is and she's like no oh. which is perfect and also like so she didn't know anybody in the cast at all besides Kathy mm-hmm. the scene of Lisa Renna and Kyle going there and them trying to like tell us how yeah. they know yeah, <laughs> <laughs> haven't been to a stranger's house in so long I was like, you were Stranger's house. Also, like, this is now your castmate. Like, just let's cut the strings. Like, a was little Kathy
1: bit. supposed to go with them? And then Kathy was just like, "No, I got other things to do. You can film with her without me."
0: Yeah, I gotta take out some more teeth. Yeah, um, but I loved it. I think it's fun. I think yeah. Garcelle. I loved her last season. The only cri- criticism was that she wasn't in enough, which is mm-hmm. a great criticism. She took notes and said, "I will be in every scene this episode," and she was. She was. She showed up to work. And she was funny. Mm-hmm. She gave us an uh, almost like Caroline Manzo, um, Danielle sit down with Lisa Rena, being mm-hmm. like, right? And I love that they she chose to not ignore what happened last season.
1: Yes, I thought that was very interesting. Because normally on these seasons, it seems like
0: we, we pretend nothing happened.
1: Maybe we'll talk about like, remember Munchausen's in a few episodes, but like largely they kind of keep it on the now.
0: And Garcel said, no, 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 I'm still... Heavily affected by the way yeah. you treated Denise. And also, I love that she's like going to dinner with Lisa Rena, but not as a friend, but to be like, I don't fuck with you that yeah. way. Yeah. And I don't trust you. Yeah. And I'll have the rose with some water. <laughs> and then Lisa, someone tweeted this too, where Lisa will like eat someone alive one season and then come back and be like, oh my God, I'm so kooky. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to own it. Um, And then we had the Jersey mm-hmm.
1: part one part of the one. reunion. Part one of two. I really don't need Joe Gorga to be joining my reunion. No. Like, I just want to see my girls. You know how much I love this cast. I think they're fantastic. I think Jennifer, truly an iconic reunion performance so far.
0: Come on, Miriam Webster, where are you at? Yeah, yeah. so good. 10 out of 10.
1: I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I genuinely am so interested in this group of women that I'm like, yeah, I I could watch them do this all day. I know that people have their reservations. Like, people on Twitter this week were like, Jackie didn't say a word all reunion. But I'm like, she said more than Dolores.
0: Dolores didn't didn't say anything.
1: I say that loving both of the women. but um, Of course. I do love the target is Margaret. I think that uh, that whole Jennifer versus Margaret thing that's going on right now is so good.
0: Well, you said this last time about Teresa and Jackie, but it's the same about uh, Margaret and Jennifer. And you said like, you know, you can always like that match and it'll start again. And I think that's great. I, so I don't think Jennifer is likable, but I love her and I think that's great Mm -hmm. because she eats those girls up. Mm -hmm. She was one person versus three and didn't break a sweat.
1: No. And just like her little she'll say something like rude or like she'll drop a bombshell and it'll cut back to her a minute later. And she's just like smiling. Cause she knows that she just did something very good for the show.
0: I even think she's like underrated. Like I know Twitter's like, yeah, we stand, Jennifer. Da da But I was like, no, this is like an iconic housewives yeah. performance that we'll look back on and be like, look at the hits. Like here's yeah. this, 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 and that. I do think also she does play a good voice of reason this season where she she never really went after Melissa. I'm sorry. She said no. some things in her confessional, but that's your job. Yeah, exactly. And so did so does Zia Melissa. But like listen, I enjoy Zia Melissa. I've lost my enjoyment with her because Joe won. Mm-hmm. I just I can't, I don't enjoy it. I think it's fake and not in like a the storyline way, just in like, what am why am I watching this yeah. couple who like I don't care about at all?
1: And it's always, like, the storylines that they're doing. Oh, my faking, God. Just, like, these aren't even that interesting. Like, I, of course, you're having trouble in your marriage. Of course, you're thinking about having another child. Of course, you are sure. a sibling. Like, I don't know. I just, I've not. Of course. They're not dynamic for me. But I, no. I, I do like me some Zia Melissa.
0: And I don't even know what it is that I like about Zia Melissa because... I think sometimes she is quite funny in like a, not a Teresa way where we're laughing at her or laughing with Zia uh-huh. most a little bit. Ha ha. Ha ha. Funny. Get it. It's a joke. But. Oh my God. Teresa said something this reunion that fucking made me laugh. And it was like, it was Margaret and Jennifer going at it. And then all, they just cut to Teresa and all of us she just goes, I don't like that. <laughs> oh yeah. I, don't I remember like that. that. I didn't like that.
1: And even when she, um, they were talking about how like uh, Jennifer was the husband of a plastic surgeon, and Teresa was like, "Yeah, I mean, like you would never put like husband is a plumber," and I think she just genuinely did not mean to be rude in that moment. She's just kind of like, it missed it.
0: I again. Teresa's a great housewife because she doesn't know sometimes that she's a great housewife. No. And it's not the table flip for me. It's not the yelling. It's in those moments where it's like, "Do you know what you just said to this person?"
1: It's that moment from a, f- a few episodes ago when Jennifer and her were standing alone and Jennifer was like, "Yeah, but I'm not a big drinker." And Teresa just looks at her and like <laughs> you can see all wheels turning in Teresa's head trying to take this in and she's like, you're you're not a big you're business. not yeah are you sure it's those moments where i'm like this is great this is great.
0: that's what i love her and then it's this is when i side with zia and joe because they at least speak the language of english and yes. when they're saying like we're on a show we're obviously going to talk about your ex-husband it is a it is a point of um contention between mm-hmm. us why are you blaming me? And then Teresa goes, "Yeah, well, remember 11 years ago when you guys didn't come over for Christmas Eve? That still hurts yeah. me. Yeah. That hurts me."
1: Mm.
0: And mm. then she always goes, "Well, guys, we gotta forget. We gotta, we gotta move past this." <laughs> oh,
1: here comes my bitch of a wife
0: again. Listen, I used to love that clip, and now I hate that clip. I played it like probably
1: 50 times this season alone.
0: That was literally half the season. In yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyway, um. That's it. Might be it.
1: We came together today and we stuck to the topic. We went over Rachel's hits, her flops, her misses,
0: and her potential.
1: Then we talked about a few other things in the meantime.
0: And I'm going to say, just as I surprised you last week and I said I had a cold brew. Today I had a Red Bull. And you know what? I feel like I'm more zen than last
1: week. I'm proud of you. I'm only Thank on you. water right now, so. Good for you. No, I have to pee, like.
0: Oh, hold on. Briefly, New York. Very briefly. Oh,
1: what happened? Um, <laughs> Nothing.
0: Oh, the oh. Morgan, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's 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 getting weird. Um, I don't know. Sonia's just in a place right now where she's kind of back in that zone of this is uncomfortable for me to watch. And it's just like, especially watching it after seeing Beverly Hills where they have eight women It just feels even quieter. I think that the plot to take down Heather is a little bit strange considering that it's Leah who's leading the charge. She doesn't really know this person. I don't know. I I have questions. Obviously I'm going to keep watching,
0: obviously, but I don't know. You said everything I could have said. Yeah. And that's it. Well, Josh. Well, Jordan, I hope that you go forth
1: and you have an amazing long weekend because that's what it is. It's a long weekend. And you're moving.
0: I'm moving. I'm going to continue to move. You live life and be beautiful.
1: Now that I have air conditioning on, I feel like I have no other choice but to be. So thank you. You
0: are now yourself again.
1: Yes, I am. And I will talk to you later. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
0: Bye.